It's 2 Timothy 4 and 5. It's not the first scripture on your outline, but the third one. And uh, 4 and 5, and then on the back it said oh, 2 Timothy 4 and 8. I want, to re- want us to read those two scriptures. That's our focus this morning. Amen. Good morning to you. Praise God for you. We love you and we're thankful for your presence here today. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4 5. Let's read it together. As for you, always be sober minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Amen. And then on the back, 2, 2 Timothy 4 and 8. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will reward me on that day. And not only to me, but to also to all who have loved his appearing. Amen. Isn't God good? That's his word. We're talking about embracing, put that graph back up, embracing the race. Embrace the race. Amen. Embrace the race. That's the series. Uh, I want to say a prayer before you see it. And, uh, you know, naturally we're praying for uh, the Bahamas and uh, that travesty that, that, that occurred there uh, on the heels of the aftermath of this horrendous hurricane that, uh, that uh, did a lot of damage especially in that area, and unfortunately, lives were lost. Uh, I know some of you all have relatives and family members there, so just know we are praying strongly. I met with a representative of the Bohemian government this past Friday about how we can participate in getting supplies there. Uh, And uh, so we're going to have a special offering next Sunday, so just be ready for that. Uh, and uh, and then we'll probably have a supply list that we'll send an email to you about supply list things that you can purchase things that will pass customs uh, and uh, and get there efficiently. There's, there's a few groups that's very efficient at, that's getting in and out now. So we talked and discussed that discussed that with them along with uh, other community leaders. Amen. So we're trying to be on top of it, and uh, we want to craft a response. We have a meeting with the ministers tomorrow at, uh, pastors tomorrow at 6.30, a fun spot, and one of the items on our agenda is how we can collaboratively address uh, this issue. Amen? How we can, how we can work together. Amen? So let's touch and agree for a few moments. Let's go to God in prayer. We love you, Lord. We love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We give you thanks, honor, and glory because you are good. Even in spite of devastation and damages, loss of life, Lord God, you watch over us. You provide for us. Uh, Lord, just go with the households and the families that have been adversely affected by this hurricane. Please touch them and strengthen them and guide them. We pray, Lord God, that the whole world would uh, would be responsive and bring resources, especially the United States of America, especially Central Florida, the state of Florida, Lord God, because we're their closest neighbors. We ask, Lord God, that you would touch us and strengthen us and guide us and encourage us, 
even when things happen that we just don't understand, we don't fathom. Help us, Lord God, not to blame you, but to honor you in every situation, in all circumstances, Lord God. It's unfortunate that we die. It's unfortunate that uh, the climate is volatile, Lord God, in this era, in this age. But we know you're coming back to remedy it all, to, to get rid of the damage, the destruction, uh, the trauma, the trouble, the struggle, the stress, the catastrophes, the travesties, Lord God, that occur. You're coming to, to, to just extract it from our environment and allow us to be at peace and joy in you throughout all eternity. So help us, Lord God, in this interim to have faith. Help us, Lord God, in these moments, in this era, Lord God, to, to promote your love and your ability, Lord God, to give us overcoming strength and power, even in the midst of our worst days. Allow us to honor you and to bless your name, Lord God. And give us the wherewithal to be responsive. We ask, Lord God, that you would bless us. We know we dodged a bullet right here in Central Florida. The, 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 the uh, prognosticators were, were predicting uh, a, 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 a detrimental outcome for this area, Lord God. But, but we know, Lord God, that uh, you stepped in. But, we, but not at the expense of others. We just want to be so sensitive we ask you, Lord God, to please go with us. Allow us to be truly thankful and appreciative because things could have been worse. We're not worthy of your benefits and blessings, but you extend them to us anyway. Thank you, Lord God, for prospering us and keeping us safe. Thank you, O oh God, for your blessings and benefits, your provisions and your promises that we can access as the children of God. We're thankful that we can even proclaim that no weapon fashioned or formed against us will be able to prosper. So we're thankful for you, Lord God. Please continue to bless, strengthen, guide, and go with us on our journey, Lord God, and help us to honor you with every aspect of our lives. Bless your name today. Bless the church of Jesus Christ today. Bless the people of God today. And help us, Lord God, to reach more and more people for you for you, Lord God, so that they might have also the hope of glory, the hope of better days, and they can rejoice in the hope of sharing in the glory of God, as we do, Lord God. Bless your people, meet needs in their lives, touch them, teach them, strengthen them, uh, just flourish them, and allow them, Lord God, to achieve, but also to believe, to accept, and to receive everything that you brought for them, Lord God. Work on us from the inside out. Allow the manifestations of the Spirit of God, the fruit of the Spirit to be alive in us, and the gifts of the Spirit to be engaged in this era, in this, in this time, Lord God, that the church might be relevant, that people might see signs and wonders and the miraculous and the supernatural manifested in you. So we claim healing, miracles, signs, wonders, blessings, favor, strength for the journey. In the name of Jesus. And the people of God said, Amen. And thank you, Jesus. Come on, put your hands together and say, Thank you, Lord. Again, thank you for being here. Uh, and uh, you can be seated. Amen. We got some more announcements a little bit later. Uh, but uh, I want to I wanna move into this, this third installment 
these messages, amen, about uh, embracing the race, embracing the race, amen. So we got to, in this text, uh, uh, it, it's in the text from, uh, I fought the good fight, I finished the course, amen, somebody. I'm thankful to God that he allows us to finish. Amen. Now, we're in a competitive age. Can I get a witness? A very competitive age where winning is about self. Can I get a witness in the house? Winning is about me. It's, it's, so how does, how does God convert this metaphor? How does he convert this into having spiritual value. Amen? Well, first of all, we run individualized races. You know, every, every pot got to sit on its own bottom. Amen? Everybody got to be distinguished individuals in this journey, this spiritual journey. You can't, you know, glean my spirituality. You, you can't catch it. You, know, yeah, you, yeah, you can be exposed to it and yeah, it can influence you, but but it's not going to, you're not going to catch it like a virus. You understand? It, it does, it's, not, it's not passed on that way. It is, it is through the spirit of Christ's infiltration, his invasion, his occupation of us, that, uh, that we are transformed. Amen? And made ready for the race. Where we're prepared to run, to fight, to wrestle. Amen? Uh, to do our due diligence on behalf of our God. And in this race, we have different starting times. Amen. I started this race. I have an identical twin brother, but he was born again and filled with the Spirit a few months before me. He started his race at a different time. Amen. You know, we spoke, we're both running, we're both pastors, ministers, but, but the bottom line is his race is different from my race. And the race that he's given to run is different from mine. Amen. Even in terms of his, his passion, his, uh, the direction of his ministry, the purpose of his ministry, the, this identity in Christ, his, his focus. It's, it's different. So we all have individualized journeys to run. Amen, somebody. And uh, we start this race at different times. Amen. And God expects us to end in the pace that he gives us to run. Amen? At the pace that he gives us to run. Y'all with me today? You know, we're living in a time where, uh, you know, these marathon races are, are highly touted. You know, there are, there are lights, camera, action. Everybody's looking in on the race. And, you know, and uh, there's a story about, and, I, and I, let me just give credit to where I got this from. It's, it's in a, a message by Jeff Strite, where he's, he's talking about this, this race that was being run, and these four persons decide to participate in a marathon, 26 plus miles, and uh, three of them were guys, and one was a woman. And, uh, and so they trained for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and got ready for the race, and they knew that they weren't going to win the race or, 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 or rank competitively in terms of their status in the race. They just want to participate and finish and finish well. And so uh, 
So they start talking to each other. How, how you gonna how you gonna come across the finish line? You know they take pictures of us crossing the finish line. You know they, you know they, they they take pictures of us, and we we gonna have pictures of that. You know we're gonna be able to look back at that. I remember I participated in a 3K run, and I, I still have a, I had a picture of me finishing the race with my little tag and everything on it. You know and my number and you know all of that, and it was it was a proud moment to see that picture. So uh, the guy said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to, one guy said, I'm going across the line kind of do a little dance. You know, the lady, she, she, she looked in her little pocket and she had some lipstick. Amen. And she said, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to finish pretty. <laughs> no words, I'm going to spruce myself up. I'm going to look glamorous when I cross the finish line because I'm finishing pretty. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> and you know something? I believe that that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to finish pretty. Amen, somebody. To finish well. To finish actually doing our personal best. You know, you can actually run a race, lose the race, but actually achieve your personal best. You can run a 100-yard dash. You last in finishing the race, but you ran faster than you ever ran before. Isn't that something? How you can finish the race, still achieve your personal best. I believe that God is calling us to achieve our personal best. Amen. To finish pretty and to, fin and to achieve our personal best. Amen. So when we're crossing the line, we got to look like this has been enjoyable. Isn't that something? And there is, the word says, God says there's a great cloud of witness, cheer, witnesses cheering us on. They're not jeering, they're cheering. Amen. If you ever notice, even in some races that have taken place, a person can fall. And the crowd will, will go to, whoa. And then they don't jeer at the person when, they fail, when they're falling. They don't say, hey, you know, what's wrong with you? You don't fail. You know, they don't condemn them and judge them. What, what do they do? They encourage them to get up. They encourage them to get up, even though they fail. Amen. Some of us have this mindset about God because we fail, because we sin, because we make mistakes, because we have errors in judgment, because we uh, purposely or, or, or willingly or unwillingly sin. We think that God's in, the, in, in, in glory, looking down, cheering at us. What did you just do? Why did you do that? No, he's cheering for us to get up. Amen, somebody. He's encouraging us to do better. He's saying, get back on your feet and start again. That, that's, that's what he's really doing. He's he not condemning you for falling. He is actually cheering for you when you're in faith for you to get up and run again, for you to get up and get back in the race, for you to get up and run your best race, for you to get up and run your personal best, for you to get up and finish pretty. Amen, somebody. So he's calling us to make an impression for him. Amen? To make an impression for him. You know, even when talents are distributed, remember the, the, the parable of the talents? How one guy was given five talents, another ten, another one. I think that's the number. Y'all get the picture. And, and then when the, when the steward, the managing steward came back to determine what they had done with the talents that he had given them, you know, 
two of the parties of the three had doubled what had, the output, had doubled what had been given them, had invested, had grown, had worked hard to build on what had been given them. You know, everybody didn't, these three people didn't receive the same thing. One person buried their talent. Amen, somebody. In other words, they didn't grow on it. They didn't build on it. They didn't get better. They didn't try to move toward achieving the personal best. Amen. Didn't even try to finish pretty. Actually finished ugly. <laughs> Amen, somebody. And so, and so, again, we're not given the same talents, the same gifts, the same abilities, the same skills, the same expertise, the same challenge, the same opportunities. We're not all given the same race to run. God wants us to run the race that he's given us to run and run that thing pretty. Amen, somebody. To show up alive. You know, it's something refreshing and reinvigorating about participating in the race. Amen. Just think what, what happens when you prepare to run. You know, number one, you're getting more physically fit. Isn't that right? You're getting stronger. Your body's getting stronger. You're becoming more agile. You, you become building more stamina. Amen. You know, it's, it's a powerful thing to finish the race. Now, when, when I was playing basketball, I never finished first in the sprints. Never. It was always somebody, you know, I always wanted to be the fastest person on the team, but I was never the fastest person on the team. You know, and I thought I was pretty fast, you know. I, I, I was pretty fast, but there was always somebody on my college team, on my high school team, who was a little faster. Amen, somebody. You know, I was a little frustrated, but I made it through. Amen, somebody. But, but those who play ball, you know, you ain't got to be the fastest one. You just got to know how to use that speed and quickness. But, uh, but I would always come in, in first on the distance runs. Always. Amen. So we had to run three miles. Matter of fact, I, I would lap some of the people running the distance. Because, uh, because I got this, this heart that God gave me, you know. And... Uh, I, my, my heart, when they take my EKG, is abnormal. It's abnormal because my heart is, is uh, it beats like a bigger person. Amen, somebody. And so when I was young, my heart was like 28. Maybe in the 20s when it beat, beat. And even now, it's in the low 50s. A real, real low heartbeat. Just naturally. So I was built to run distance. The way God built me. Some of y'all can run a sprint. I was built to run distance. He built my heart that way. Amen, somebody. So I don't care how much you try to beat me running three miles, you ain't gonna be successful. Amen, somebody. Because I'm designed to run it. That's the way God built me. Now, He's built you and I similarly. There is something that you can do better. Because you're built that way. There's some skill, gift, ability that God has given you. And guess what? Only you got it. And we got to stop gift envy. Amen, somebody. Got to stop gift jealousy. Gift envy, gift jealousy. We need to jettison that. Kick it to the curve in the name of Jesus the Christ. Everybody can't sing. Amen, somebody. I'm thinking about taking lessons. 
because I believe it's a voice somewhere up in here. I just never found it. You know, yeah, speaking, but not, but not singing. You know, I just, I just never held that note. I couldn't hold it if it was in a bucket. <laughs> Amen. So, so, so that ain't my gift. So what I look like being jealous of Tanya, jealous of, of Renard, or jealous of Kirk, or jealous of Yadonna, or, or Lisa, or some, somebody with, with the talent and gift for singing. Their vocal cords are designed differently. I mean, you can want that all you want, but if you ain't got the vocal cords for it, you ain't going to hit the right note. Amen. It's going to be squeaky and quirky coming out of your mouth. Amen. And then on top of that, if you're tone deaf, you might even have a good voice, but you can't stay in key. So it takes a combination of two skills. The skill of being able to build out a sound and the skill to be able to hear that sound and know it's in tune. Kirk will tell you, he got, he'll, tell, he'll tell you, I got problems sometimes getting folk in tune. They can make a joyful noise. Amen, somebody. But they can't sing on key. And he's come to me at different times and said, Pastor, can I kick somebody out of the choir that can't hold a key? No, no. I say, Kirk, unfortunately, you can't kick them out of the choir. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking, but I, I, but I, I kind of remember a conversation, something like that. <laughs> Amen. I ain't going to say it's not somebody that's currently in the choir. But it was a past problem. Amen, somebody. I did have to have somebody quit the choir because they was a solo dancer. <laughs> Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, do you? You know, they move a little bit up here. Can you imagine somebody just doing their own thing and they just break out? So, so we had one brother in the choir. He just was a solo dance. He didn't even move with the group, didn't move with unity, didn't move with harmony, didn't care what nobody else was doing in the choir. He doing his own thing. So I had like two or three conversations with him. I said, brother, <laughs> I know this is an individual journey that we have, we're having in the faith. You know, I got to run my own race. Amen. But we're trying to collaborate and cooperate and harmonize and synergize and have a, a kind of, a, what you call that, choreography up here that's palatable. You just can't do your own independent dance. Amen. He didn't get the memo, so we had to kick him out the choir. <laughs> Amen. You say, well, how is it Jermaine? <laughs> it is. It's Jermaine. Amen. You know, Christians, we're called to be more than just, I, I got this little chart here. I wish I had put it up to the, here today. The chart says that cultural landscape of the United States relative to Christians. The estimate is that there are 25% non-Christians, 25% cultural Christians, 25% congregational Christians, 
and 25% convictional Christians. Amen, somebody. So what is that saying? He said, well, only 25% of the people in the church have a conviction. Amen. In other words, I'm running a race and I'm strongly committed and dedicated to running this race for Christ. Amen. And even though we were known to be a Christian nation, the truth of the matter is, back in the day, Christians was more a cultural phenomenon. It was something that worked for the corporate environment. It was something that works for your neighborhood and with your families. To say that I went to church, it had moxie, benefit to it. You know, you, it, it was beneficial to say that I went to the church. Now, you don't have to say that now. You know, there's no benefit in the corporate arena, in the governmental arena, in, in, in your community, in your neighborhood. You don't get any benefits from saying I go to church or I'm a Christian. But 30, 40, 50 years ago, there would be a benefit. You were upstanding citizen. You know, whether you were a convicted, a true Christian or not, it was more of a cultural acceptance of the faith. So you're saying, well, it looks like the church is falling off. No, the church ain't falling off. The ratio about still the same just as less people feel pressure to be here. It's less people feel like they need to, that they'll be culturally unaccepted if I don't come to church. Matter of fact, I can be critical of the church and the faith and Christianity and there won't be any fallout. 30, 40, 50 years ago, there would have been some fallout. Amen? So we were a culturally Christian nation not a convictional Christian nation. Amen? In other words, those who claim to be Christian living just like the world. Amen? Yeah, I'm here, but I still got my own thing going on. Amen? I'm here to tip my hat, you know, pay my respects, you know, <laughs> be a part of community, but as far as this thing transforming me on the, from the inside out, Mm, as far as letting Jesus occupy me, take up residence in me, as far as letting him invade me, that's what it's going to feel like to me. It's going to be an invasion. And he ain't getting up in here. But God says, I'm knocking at the door of your heart. I want to come in and sup and fellowship with you, praise God. I want to come in and make a difference in your life. I want to come in and change your heart and change your mind and change your spirit. I want to begin the process of rewriting your code. I want to begin the process of rewriting your DNA so that it will be a spiritual DNA to offset the baggage, to offset the background, to offset the history, to offset the environments, to offset the educations that we received that were, you know, off, 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 off point in terms of sharing what the faith is all about. Jesus says, I want to transform you by the renewing of your mind. Amen? And it's a process. Like in developing this regimen to be an elite, an elite athlete, praise God, in running the race, there is a process. Amen? And God is calling us to stand firm, to stand on his righteousness, to stand against wrong, to do it lovingly, to do it gently, to do it in a kind and gracious and tactful manner. Amen. But he's calling us to stand up for him. You know? And, and, and if we stand up for him, the word of God says you're going to be persecuted. 
Got any witnesses in the house? Anybody stood up for Jesus? And now you're labeled, stigmatized, talked about, considered fanatical, or hold some kind of holy role because you held your conviction on what God has to say about something. Amen. But guess what the word of God says? It says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Amen. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Are we going to stand in line with the prophets and the preachers and the pastors and the leaders and the Christian, the Christian, those who, with Christian conviction to stand up for the cause of Christ. Amen. You know, because the cloud of witnesses is cheering for us. Amen, somebody. Can you imagine Moses and, Jake, uh, uh, and, and Abraham and Noah and Daniel and Gideon and Esther sitting on the sidelines cheering for us? Somebody's watching it says that those who have gone on and who are of the faith, they are watching us run our race. And they are cheering for us. They're not jeering, they're cheering. They're not, they're not fighting against us and, and cheering against our, our falls and so forth. They're waiting us on us to get up, run strong, keep running, develop the spiritual stamina needed to be on Christ's side. Amen. If you fail down this, they're not saying, you so stupid, fell, on, fell over your own feet. Now that's not what they're doing. They're there on the sidelines, you know, like those in the stands who are rooting for a loved one. They may not be performing at their best, but that doesn't mean I don't stop cheering for them. They may fall, but I'm rooting for them to get it back up again. Amen, somebody. So God is calling us to cheer for each other to love on each other and to realize that we are supported and encouraged by that great cloud of witnesses, those who've gone before us, the convictional Christians, to be passionate about our beliefs and our trust in him. We're living in a day now when, uh, when a person can be a, a social media sniper. Amen, somebody. What you talking about? Well, I'm talking about how, you know, you can post something and somebody snipe at you. Can I get a witness in the house? Or just, if they disagree, they don't do it nicely. They nasty. You know, and they can be anonymous. You don't know who they are. They can be somebody on the other side of the world. Come in and comment on your strand. Amen, somebody. And, 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 and so nasty things are said. Dishonest things are said. Deceitful things are said. They can call you out of your name and call you heretical, apostate if you're a Christian and that you don't know what you're talking about and they can be insulting. The faith, when we run the race, we don't, we don't operate in this arena of nastiness and, and evil and, 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 and dissent on this level. Amen, somebody. We have reserved the right to be meek. Meekness is strength under control. Amen? Yeah, you have the power of the pen. You can post something mean, nasty, negative. But you can also exercise constraint. 
Amen, somebody. You can be loving and kind, careful and cautious. This is what the world needs from us. The world doesn't need to be beat down and browbeat by us. Amen. We need to be able to espouse what I was sharing in the, in the school of leaders this morning. We need to be able to espouse the value proposition of the faith. Amen, somebody. You know, too often we're exposing the not, not to do's, don't do this, don't do that, judge, condemn, you know, this is what you ought to do, this is what you ought to be. I can't do that without the power of God. So why are you talking to somebody about changing when you ought to be talking to them about, about receiving the power of God? You know, change your life. Listen, I don't care how much they change their life. I can't get into heaven unless I'm escorted by Jesus. You understand? I got, he got to have me on his arm and escort me into heaven. I don't care how good I've been. I don't care how gracious I've been. I don't care how philanthropic I've been. I don't care what I've achieved in this world. It does not buy me entrance into the kingdom of God. Only being escorted in on Jesus' arm, that's the only way I get in. So there is no condemnation in Christ. He said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. I didn't come to condemn. I came to save. I didn't come to see about well people. I came to see about sick people. And the sooner we realize how sick we are, the better off we'll be. Amen. So I'm just a nobody trying to find somebody and tell them about Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to tell you about Jesus and his power. And if we allow ourselves to be conduits to be used to tell people about Christ and begin this infiltration, this saturation process where the Spirit of God comes into their hearts, then change can happen. Change can't happen unless I have the resource of being connected with the Almighty God. Unless a spiritual umbilical cord is connected to me by the power of God through the Spirit of God, then I can't change. I can try to look the part. I can put a mask on or I can put forth my best, you know, persona. Amen. But without the power of God, I don't change from the inside out. And the power of the faith is the power and ability to change from the inside out. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. In other words, I can put up with other people. Amen. Self-control, gentleness, kindness, patience, perseverance, praise God. So the fruit of the Spirit, active and engaged. Then also, not just the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. Amen, somebody. You know, some folks, they'll use as their rationale for not being negative. They'll say something like, don't ever wrestle with a pig. Amen. If you wrestle with a pig, you know, you both get dirty. Amen. And the pig enjoys it. Amen. See, the problem with that adage is you just called somebody a pig. As Christians, we can't call people pigs. That whole statement says, I'm better than you. So we think that because we don't joust with somebody, that we're good. No, it's more than not just jousting with them because we think less of them or we think they're a pig. 
Amen, somebody. So I don't want to get in dirty, get dirty. I don't want to get in the weeds with them. The question is, can you honor them? Can you love them? Can you show compassion for them? Amen. Can you have mercy for them? Can you extend them grace? Can you be magnanimous, give them something that they don't deserve? Amen. Not just, I'm not going to be like you because I think you're a bad person. <laughs> Amen. That ain't good enough to say, you know, well, you're just a bad person. You know, no, we got to begin to say, this is God's child. And I got to begin to claim and reclaim people for Jesus. I got to begin to exercise the power to believe that change can happen and that folk can know Jesus. And I got to begin to have a concern and compassion for the souls of others. Amen. I can't just consider myself, well, if I get engaged with them, I'm get dirty. I don't want to get dirty. In actuality, God does want you to get dirty. Amen, somebody. He wants you to get up in there. Fraternize and yeah, keep your dignity and love, but but he wants you to get in there and show some love. And when you're showing love, you will get soiled sometimes. You'll get dirty sometimes. Amen. Because you're gonna have to rub up against somebody that's uh that's not like you. Amen. I remember playing basketball, one of my toughest things when a brother just started profusely sweating. Amen, somebody. I'm talking about profusely sweating. And, you know, some of us got a little more distinctive odor. So now he's sweating and he got an odor. But you got to check him. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. So you're up, you're up close and personal. They're all up in your face. And that stuff is rubbing off on you. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Vanessa can tell you sometimes when I come home, when I would come home from playing ball, I'd be stinking. And I would always blame it on somebody else. I say, it ain't, it ain't me, baby. It's the dude I was checking. <laughs> all that cross-pollination. I'm sorry I come home like this, but it wasn't me. It was the dude I was checking, but, but I had to check him. Had to get up close and personal, had to get beyond the stench, had to be beyond the sweat and be right in there. You can't disengage in the faith. You got to be engaged. You got to do your part. You got to get up close and personal with people, even if they're sweating profusely, even if they're funky. Have mercy, Lord. Pastor, you didn't have to be that graphic. I just, I just wanted to use the common vernacular. <laughs> Stank. Amen. People are going to have an odor. Amen, somebody. But that don't mean that you can't get in somebody's face because they breath stink. Have mercy, Lord. So you went too far that time, Pastor. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring it home. That we have to be in people's face. We have to get close, up close and personal people, no matter if it's uncomfortable. Amen, somebody. That's what the race is about. The race is not given to the swift or to the strong, but the person that perseveres gets through it to the end, praise God. And the race means I got to get engaged. 
I got to get involved. I got to run this race that is set before me. I got to get engaged with other people, praise God. I got to ask God, who do you want me to reach for you? Amen. And I get, got to get past my own prejudices. I got to get past other people's thoughts about how, what they think about me, me talking to this person, that person. They're off limits, so I don't want to talk. I want to, the office politics says I'm not supposed to engage. But God says make a difference. God says represent. God says let your light shine. God says get the word out. God says spread the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. God says for us to make, have an influential voice and to make a difference on his behalf. So that means we got to mix it up. Amen, somebody. You know, we want everybody to meet our criteria before we love on them. Amen. God is calling us to love on them. And sometimes it's not going to be a hundred yard dash to love on somebody. It's going to be a marathon. Might not just take one year loving on them, two years loving on them, three years loving on them, four years loving them, maybe that fifth year. Amen, somebody. After showing love and compassion, they began to get it. You know, there's a story about uh, you know, an evangelist who invited an atheist to church. He said, Look, if you just come to hear four sermons, just, just come and hear four sermons. That's it. You know, just come here for sermons and, you know, and give me your critique of what the messages are, you know, what you, what you think about the messages. After four sermons, the guy said, you know something? I'm ready to be a Christian. He said, and so the pastor said, well, which, which sermon impacted you? And she, he said, really? The sermons didn't have that much, much of an impact. <laughs> that, that wasn't the deal closer for me. He said, it was this older lady, you know, was walking through the church in the lobby. She stopped me gingerly, lovingly with compassion and asked me, do you love my Jesus? Amen. Do you love my Jesus? Bold enough to ask the question, to profess number one, that I love Jesus. You know, the biggest thing we have in our arsenal is our testimony that I love Jesus, that he's important to me, that he's made a difference in my life, that I'm committed to him. Yes, flawed. Yes, make mistakes. Yes, having sinned and fallen short of the glory of Almighty God. But I love Jesus. I love him with all my heart. I love him with all my strength. I love him with all my soul. I love him with everything I am, praise God. And somebody can tell when you love him. Amen. They, they can sense it. This guy just got a glimpse of being in relationship with Jesus from the profession of this elderly lady. Amen. And decided to give his life to Jesus. It wasn't the sermon. It was the life. It was the witness. It was the testimony. Amen. Of a person of faith. Praise God. And that's what God is calling us to. Hebrews uh, uh, 13, 17. Obey your leaders. And submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. For what would it be of, of, of no, for that would be of no advantage to you. Amen, somebody. So, so wait a minute, wait a minute. So, I need a coach. Amen. We're in a world where we think we don't need coaching. I need a coach. 
We need a coach. You need a coach. Amen, somebody. I'm just a coach, a player coach at that. But you need a coach. All people need coaches. If you, if you look at anybody who's having problem, problems right now, difficulties right now, frustrations right now, real upset right now, I guarantee you they don't have proper coaching. Spiritual coaching. Amen. I need, you need, we need a coach. We need leaders in our lives. We need people who attend to our souls. Amen, somebody. In Romans 14, 12, so then each of us will give an account of, our, of himself to God. So when I'm running this race, you know, I need to ask you, hey, did you, did you, did you do your regimen? Did you do your routine? Uh, did you, you know, is anybody making you accountable for whether you're reading or studying the Bible or whether you're praying or whether you're worshiping daily, amen? Whether you're creating an environment that's worshipful, whether you are, you know, exercising the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, or whether you're engaged and involved, active in what Christ wants you to be about. Luke 21, 36, but stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Stay awake. Amen. Anybody who's serious about their regimen, they're going to get up early. Amen. They're going to get involved and invested in, in the heat of the day, praise God, in, in a routine that's refreshing, revigorating, and prepares you for the race. So I got to stay alert. I got to stay active. I got to stay engaged. Are we alert and active and engaged in the word of God? Are we alert and active and engaged in a, in a life of prayer? Amen, somebody. Those are the things. Those are the key tools that God has given us. First Peter 4 and 13, it says, But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, that may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. No pain. No gain. Amen, somebody. Isn't it something when we stress the muscles, when they come under duress, amen, they are rebuilt and made stronger? A bodybuilder knows this. I got to stress this muscle. Amen. If I stress this muscle, this muscle will expand. It will grow. It will develop. It will build. Amen. So the question is, are you stretching and stressing the spiritual muscle? Amen. Your faith is it being exercised. It's, it's your knowledge of the kingdom and the word and the teachings of God expanding daily. If we read and study the word of God, we'll expand daily. You can take, you can grow by leaps and bounds if you get into the word. Amen. Brothers, I do not consider myself have, have, that I do not consider that I have made it on my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind straining forward to what lies ahead. If I'm going to run, I can't be looking to the left or to the right. I was so disappointed with Hussein Bolt when he was running the 100. And he was, he was breaking, he was already breaking a record. But I knew when he turned his head back that he, that he slowed his time. He could have had a faster time. That record, that record could have been even stronger if he had not looked back. Amen, somebody. So he played around at the finish line. Amen. You can't play around at the finish line, but enjoy the race. It's an enjoyable thing to be in the race. It's an enjoyable thing to compete in the race. It's an enjoyable thing to run the race. It's an enjoyable thing to get in the game. 
It's an enjoyable thing to engage in the faith. It's an enjoyable thing for your faith to get stronger. Amen, somebody. You know, there's a true story about a, a young man who had a uh, debilitating kind of disease when he was younger, and um, it affected one of his legs. And so, you know, unfortunately, in his stride, when he would take one stride, he would have to drag other leg, take a stride and drag the other leg. And he had a namesake that was participating in the marathon. His name was Bill. And the guy who was currently winning the marathon's name was Bill. So he decided he was going to train with this, with this handicap. He still trained to run the marathon. And he trained and trained and trained. And he finally, you know, signed up and got engaged in the marathon and and uh, and he ran and he ran and he ran so two hours after everybody's finished the race he's still you know striding and dragging that leg four hours after they've already dismantled everything the markers the you know the trail everything but he's still running the race Five hours after everybody else has finished the race, he's still running the race, and the only thing left, you know, after being six hours behind everybody else, is um, is a line in the street. Everybody's gone. You know, the camera crew's gone. You know how they take a pic, take that picture you finished the race. They're gone. The cheerers, the people who cheer you finishing the race, they're gone. Everybody's gone. Solo, all by himself crossing the finish line. You know, and his name says, sure enough, Bill did win the race. And he crosses the line, he looks around, sees nobody, no cameras, no action, you know, no pictures, no celebrations. But all of a sudden, out of an alley, came a group of people. One of them was Bill, the one who won the race. Amen. And they proceeded to celebrate and cheer him on for finishing the race. First, first, Bill took his medal off and put it on him and said, you're the real winner of this race. Put his medal on him. They picked him up on their shoulders and began to cheer and celebrate and be thankful and appreciative of him finishing the race. Amen, somebody. He finished the race and he was celebrating. Amen. And, and you know something? In this race, we don't finish this race together. God is calling us to run our best race. And there is a team, a group, a cloud of witnesses ready to cheer, ready to encourage you, ready to celebrate you. Amen. And give you prize, your prize, your distinctive prize. You know, recently, uh, just a few weeks back, I don't know exactly, there was uh, two British triathletes who were running a race. Amen, somebody. And what they decided to do, because they had distance, every, they were so much in front of everybody else, they decided, they took, took hands, and they, and they crossed the finish line together, celebrative, happy, we, don't, we know we're just going to come in one together. You know what happened? Uh, the, uh, I don't know if it was the Olympic crew, but the crew disqualified both of them. Came in third, became the first place winner. Why? 
<laughs> because contriving a win was against the rules. Amen. In other words, you can't beat before one winner. And if it's going to be a tie, y'all ain't going to contrive it and make it happen. Amen. It's going to happen independently. Amen. And so it was against the rules to run the race together. against the rule for you to run my race. It's against the rule for you to run anybody else's race. you got to run the race that God has given you to run. And run it strongly. Run it to the best of your ability. Run as if you're trying to achieve your personal best. Run even if you're the last one to come in, praise God. Even if you feel like you're handicapped in some way. Even if you feel like you're not going to make it across the finish line at the same rate or pace as somebody else. You may not be faster. You may not be stronger. You may not be as agile. You may not have whatever you think. But God has given you the ability to finish the race. Finish the race. Finish the race. Finish the race. Strive to do your strive to do your best. Run your best stride. Don't run at anybody else's pace. Run at the pace, the race that God has given you. Embrace the race to the glory of Almighty God. Let Him have His way through you, in you, around you, and about you. Praise God because God has a race for all of us to run. God wants you to finish strong and get in the game to the glory of Almighty God. I want you to stand all over the house. And he says, henceforth, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. I get a crown, you get a crown. I get a prize, you get a prize. You can't get my prize, I can't get your prize. But God got a crown and prize for all of you all. Amen. And even when we get that crown, you know what Revelation says about what we do with our crowns? Guess what it says? This is amazing to me. That Revelation says we'll be given a crown. Amen. But then, guess what we do with the crown? We put it at the feet of Jesus and worship him with the crown that we've been given. What is that to say? That is to say that your prize, my prize, is Jesus' prize. Because he is the author, the finisher, and the perfecter of our faith. The glory belongs to him, praise God. And we give it back to him. And when we give it back to him, he gives it back to us. When we give it back to him, he gives it back to us. When we give it back to him, he gives it back to us. Give him your life. Guess what he does? He gives it back to you. Give him your tithes and offerings. Guess what he does? He gives back blessings and increase. Amen. Give him your service and he gives it back to you. Give him your life and he gives you real life, true life, abundant life, everlasting life, eternal life. Praise God. He's got life and a better life for you. He's better than life. Praise God. And so give your life to him. I want to invite somebody to, to make a decision today. To step out on faith. To move out in his name. To, to accept his offer. He extends an offer to you to, to connect, to get engaged. Not just on a personal level, you know. Yeah, we all independently need to come to Christ, but he also invites us to be a part of the family, the fold, the family.
fellowship, the community, the body of Christ. So this invitation is to be a part of that body. If somebody hasn't received or accepted, we also invite you to receive and accept and to embrace Jesus. Amen. He's cheering for you right now. The word of God says that when we accept him, that the angels in heaven are elated and excited about our response to him. So I want to invite somebody to respond to him publicly today. You, you may be new in our community. You may be seeking a church home, but we want you to get connected. You don't have to feel a certain way, but don't procrastinate. Don't put this off. Don't delay. Step out in his name. Say, excuse me to persons near you or next to you. Come forward. The word says, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father who is in heaven. Amen. So a blessed opportunity right now is made available to you and I. So we're going to meet you, greet you. I want y'all to help me today. Turn to somebody near you and say, I'll walk with you. Turn to somebody else. I'll walk with you. Just come boldly. Come boldly. Let him have his way in you today in the name of Jesus Christ. Every heart praying. We're going to worship for a few moments. You're invited to come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Every heart praying. Let's worship. Let's worship. So amazing. Yeah. Gotta have you. 